two, two, two. Yeah, and it go like this. Feel me in. If I go too far, nigga, reel me in. Just making it real again. Tell me how to get back to the feel again. They say taste the truth, all days, all praises due Party people in the place is true Sure as the skies are a baby blue With no clouds or a trace of dew The lost days of my hazy youth Where I paid my dues And my niggas used to raise the roof And move units out of state on some real independent shit Straight out the trunk like Ray Carruth Ha <laughs> look at what they made me do Let the style flourish Who taught food for thought was only for the malnourished Talking to my cousin Little and he like Man, since y'all been gone boy these niggas got wild courage Lucky I can rock a beat plus rock a rhyme Man from the land of lock lids and ox and dimes Some top of mines got them so tight tight. Flexing on an old bike I never forgot how to ride Just feel me in If I go too far nigga reel me in Just making it real again Tell me how to get back to the feel again Get back to the feel Relax and chill I got a license to ill again Back to the feel again Yes, yes, y'all. Hey, welcome to the program, y'all. This one's called Dizzy Attic Nation, Psychotic Bump Schools After School Program. My name is DJ Rome, and we are here once again. We did this at the beginning of debate season for the Democratic nomination. We've had several caucuses and primaries, and just this week, ladies and gentlemen, we had what's called Super Tuesday. That's right, the big one, y'all, up to this point that will determine or make or break several campaigns as they have uh, arrived to this point. Uh, some have emerged and some have certainly fallen, but there have been a lot of developments since the wake of Super Tuesday. So to help me have this discussion tonight, we have three of the elite panelists of Dizzy Attic Nation Psychotic Bump School. So ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome back to the program, Miss Dina Becker, California delegate, the incredible Aaron Sands, and the good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. Jeffrey, Dina, Aaron, are you there? Yep. Well, what yes, sir. in the world is going on? Y'all sound like two, Super Tuesday wore y'all out. Y'all all right? <laughs> it was what, I need therapy now. Right? What happened? Oh, my goodness. Uh, y'all, we had Super Tuesday. Started. <laughs> right? I mean, there were a lot of expectations going in and uh, there were some surprises, I mean, to, to be fair. And uh, certain things were predictable, like candidates dropping out once uh, most of the results are in. So your key takeaways from Super Tuesday. Let's start this time with Aaron Sands, then Dina Becker, and then my good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. Aaron Sands, what'd you think of the results of uh, Super Tuesday? Um, to never count out the black vote. Come and on. that, um, you know, we, I think there's a misconception in this country about African-Americans that we are, I mean, we're obviously not a monolith, but we're not all liberal. And I think they think that our attraction to the Democratic Party has been because we're liberal, but we're not, we're more moderate. And then I think are becoming more liberal, but our base is really sort of conservative and, and moderate and Christian. And you still have that, you know, um, stronghold and um 
and we, we we've been attracted to the Democratic Party because they are the ones and and I won't say they're doing so much better than the Republican Party, but they at least try to own some of their stuff. And so we see more roads for advancement in that party and more ways to get things done. But still, we're not, you know, in general, liberal. We are moderate. And of course, some of us are. But if you're just doing, you know, a broad sweeping generalization that most of us are moderate or conservative. That's very interesting because they accuse us or they assume that we're monolithic, right? But even within the party that includes African-Americans, it's, it's a big tent party. And to appeal to all those various constituencies is a issue already that the Republican side doesn't have, right? So even within just the voting block of African-American voters, you're right. We're not all the same. So even and, on your show, we're all different. I mean, uh, we well, all, you know, we're to, backing uh, different candidates, so. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and to that point, absolutely. I want to get to that because I, I want to see uh, who you voted for, <laughs> if you don't mind sharing, but you don't have to. But to that uh, me? point. Oh, absolutely. I voted for Elizabeth Warren. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll hold that thought. Let me let me swing over to Dina Becker and Jeffrey Keller. Ms. Becker, what are your thoughts? Our California delegate on the line, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Dina Becker, what were your thoughts on Super Tuesday? Uh, I, actually, I actually agree with everything that was just said, but uh, okay. to add to it, I would also say that a lot of uh, those attitudes are very regionally based because as we saw uh, Super Tuesday, as soon as we got to Texas and the California things started changing in terms of how Blacks and Latinos were voting. And in California, um, Bernie overwhelmingly got the Black and Latino vote. Mm -hmm. He sure did. And I want to talk more about that to see how that shakes out because there was, um, they thought he would run away with it, but with Latino voters, he did actually run away with it in California, right, Dina? He did. He did, and I think he would have actually done better in Texas had there not been so much voter suppression. Okay, come most on. Of the state and oh, black yeah. community and near college campuses. We're gonna talk about that too. Okay, are you okay sharing? Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, who'd you vote for? Oh, guess <laughs> Bernie, of course. <laughs> Feeling the burn in California. Okay, Dina Becker. All right, stand by, Dina Becker. Uh, the good brother Jeffrey Keller in the house. Pocho Hour Power, 90.7 FM, one of the top-rated radio shows in Southern California. Mr. Keller, who in the world did you vote for? Uh, second, and then first, what were your takeaways from Super Tuesday? Uh, my takeaways are basically um, what, what both... Uh, women said that, you know, we're regional and, okay. uh, you know, especially when you saw Utah and Colorado and California, you know, but it's again in Massachusetts that you saw North Carolina, you saw a difference. Okay. Sure um, so, you mean you South know. Carolina and North Carolina or both Carolinas? Yeah, well, North, yeah, both Carolinas, yeah, even in okay. North Carolina. Okay. Um, you know, Biden, uh, well, North Carolina too, so. Sure it is. Um, you know, as, as when candidates start dropping out, like you know, Rudy Check and Klobuchar, I, you knew something was up. So. Yep. Tom Steyer too. Steyer dropped yep. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were some backdoor deals going on. So. Oh, so you weren't surprised by that at all? No, not at all. Okay. Did you think? I mean, and I want to get your vote in just a second. Did anybody think that? Um, they would at least hang on through Super Tuesday? 
No, so I like, thought, yeah, I actually did. I thought that they would, the decisions would be made after Super Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, they had come so far, right? But I guess right. people like Klobuchar saw the writing on the wall that she was going to get trounced in her own state. Yeah. Interesting. Jeffrey Keller, uh, do you mind sharing? Who did you support? I voted for Biden. That's what I voted for. Okay, so that's, <laughs> so that's one for Biden, one for Bernie, one for Elizabeth. So do y'all want to know great. who, yeah, um, I went with Elizabeth Warren. Okay. So we have, uh, yeah, Aaron, you, you weren't kidding. We have a highly unmonolithic <laughs> panel on this call tonight. So uh, I'm not still surprised. all democratic. Though. Absolutely. But we, we're big tent, right? So right. Dina Becker said a second ago that had there not been issues at the voting centers, and I say voting centers for a reason because they, they're distinct from polling places or voting places. I have so mm -hmm. much to learn, y'all, but uh, I, I didn't realize there was such a distinction. But uh, Dina Becker, what can you tell us about what you've heard and seen about the suppression of votes that occurred in the state of Texas? Um, I mean, all over the news, there were images and stories of people standing in line well until like 1.30 in the morning. And we had a lot of problems here in California as well because we were using a new system that had not been tested. And throughout the state, there were reports of the machines not working and people being handed provisional ballots. And that's one reason why even California, in terms of the delegate count, it's still too close to even say because well. what's all, I mean, we, the numbers had something like almost nearly half of all votes submitted vote by mail. Mm -hmm. And then the provisional ballots are going to be basically treated the same way. Right. So those ballots haven't even been counted yet. And until okay. they are verified and counted, then the delegates won't be issued out. Because right now, I think there's only a 65 delegate difference between right. Biden and Bernie. You know what? And to that point, I saw earlier a tweet by uh, pollster Nate Silver, who is always uh, predicting races. He's, he's on all the news. Well, he's on the uh, left-leaning news channels for sure. And he said, because of that reason, Dina, isn't it possible? He, he threw out a rhetorical that was just some bait, but it's interesting. Isn't it possible that the vote count that's still out there and still waiting to be counted could actually make this race a whole lot tighter down the stretch? That's, oh, definitely. That's quite possible, definitely. isn't it? Yes, because the delegates themselves have not been dispersed yet to the different candidates. And as ballots are still being counted, they also have to take into consideration the candidates who didn't meet the 15% threshold. Absolutely. So and candidates who people voted for, but who had already dropped out because their delegates get reissued as well. Absolutely. You know, people were having buyer's remorse that they had voted so early because some of their people that they probably voted for uh, weren't on the ballot what? or weren't in the race anymore. Yeah. By the right. time. Yeah. Got here. Go I ahead. want to ask Dina a question because I was curious about this. Um, so when you have somebody who say early voted for Buttigieg or, or Klobuchar, and so what happens to their delegates after yep. they drop out? Do they get to choose who gets them or how does that work? No, those delegates become pretty much up for grabs. Okay. And I think, I think it also, at, at convention, they become up for grabs. 
and depending on the rules and they're I believe they're different in each state some states will just automatically look at the percentage of like the two top vote getters right and, or whoever reached that 15 percent threshold and distribute okay. the delegates proportionally that's okay. usually what happens okay. I was wondering how that so, works thank so you yeah, like in, by the end of April Bernie could very well have more delegates than Biden Mm-hmm. Sure could. Because that's sure. when they're actually anticipating that California's votes will be counted, not until the end of April. Right. Wow. Right. Okay, well, uh, let me come to Jeffrey Keller with this one. Uh, how did Biden uh, surge so much? I mean, the biggest surprise of the night was how well he did. Uh, other candidates spent a whole lot more money, had a whole lot more money in the tank, especially Mike Bloomberg, who also dropped out of the race to endorse Biden. But Biden, with his uh, $2.50, uh, won. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, see, on, on the real, that's what makes me nervous when, you remember when Hillary thought uh, the day before the election in 2016, she had this big rally with Katy Perry and all these people. And right. it's, not like, it's not like she was measuring the drapes or anything, but a lot of people were feeling pretty good going into the election. And so- I know I felt good. I, well, I did too, but she also spent I already knew money. what was going to happen. I, but she spent a lot of money compared to 45. So, Mr. Keller, uh, how do you account yeah. for this surge that uh, Joe Biden experienced? I know Aaron was talking about the black vote. Uh, what other factors could be involved in why Biden did so well last night? I, I think one thing besides um, him being connected to Obama, I think the older voters feel more safe with him than they do with Bernie. Um, and I think that's really the, the the crutch of it. I think, I bet if they looked at the statistics, the, you know, he got the older voters and yeah. Bernie got the younger voters. He did. Um, you know, and a because lot of young they, voters didn't even bother to turn out. Well, Dana, you, you know. how Biden got that. A well, you know, you know, I was about to bring that up. So to Jeffrey Keller's point, there's even a split among the older African-American voters and the younger African-American voters. Aaron Sands is right. Aaron Sands is right. We're, 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 the black vote is all over the place, right? So Dina, well, yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I didn't want to jump. I can, you're okay? I can, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, people, oh, to me, um, I, to the question you asked Mr. Keller and to when you were opposing to Dina, I think that um, two words, James Clyburn, um, yeah. for, you know, Biden's success. He okay. is, I mean, that man is an influencer and he's earned it. You know what I mean? He's right. earned it. And my mom wasn't going to vote for, uh, Biden. She's Biden supporter. We both love Biden. I love Joe, but his debate performances scared me. And, um, I just felt like, you know, he didn't have what it took mm -hmm. to, uh, give it to Trump. So I wasn't prepared to cast my vote for him. Although I agree because I'm a moderate, I agree with his policies more, but I think people are overestimating or, you know, kind of putting a lot on the younger, older vote. I think mm -hmm. that Bernie, um, didn't because he only won the younger black vote by two points. And so that's to me, not a big enough margin to say he gets all the young people. Now, well, while where, I do see that he. Well, sorry for cutting sorry? Where, where was that spread at that you're talking about? You said he won the young black vote by two points. Where nationally you're talking or what region? In the South. In the South. In the South okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. He only won it um, by two points because the other <clears throat> went to Joe. So I think that there's a connection thing that's happening that he's not connecting with black voters. And, and I think he understands that. And, you know, hopefully he's open to work on that, but he's not resonating. He doesn't resonate with me. But whereas Elizabeth Warren, who has very similar policies as Bernie does, but I like, I'm drawn to her because she has a plan for everything. And there's just something about her, you know, outside of her plan and her beliefs and her policies. So I, I, I mean, to hear that on the news over and over again, but to see that he only got them, you know, by two points, I thought was an overstatement. I think that he's not connecting. And then to have Joe win in five states that he didn't even campaign in yeah. shows that there's a disconnect there and yeah. that Bernie needs to work on that. If he's going to be successful, he needs to expand his base. The same with Joe. He's definitely, I mean, even though he's connecting with younger black voters to a certain degree, he's not connecting with all young voters. So if he's going to be the dude, he has to do what Bernie's doing. And if Bernie's going to be the dude, he has to connect with me. Now I'm going to vote blue no matter what. But I'm saying that right. you, they both have to expand their base. Okay. So to that point about expanding the base, Dina, Bernie's whole platform is his large turnout machine. And how do Bernie supporters take away optimism? And um, well, they won California. So, well, they're leading in California. I'll just say that. And he won four states. So mm -hmm. given the fact that he's, he's still viable, I mean, nobody should be writing his obituary based upon last night. He's still a live oh. wire. So what, what takeaway do Bernie supporters have uh, coming out of Super Tuesday? And that, that's one question. Then I wanted to give you a chance to chime in on Biden's surge. What are your thoughts about why Biden um, exploded last night? Biden exploded for two very specific reasons, maybe three. Number okay. one, that uh, push from the black going, the black church going folks, mm -hmm. that um, okay. the fact that young voters did not turn out no matter what their demographic was. And also because the centrists that he was competing with bowed out because if Klobuchar and Buttigieg had not ended their campaigns, Biden would not have won a lot of those states. Because when you look at the numbers, a lot of the states that he won, he barely won. Okay. Because Sanders got very close. Like mm -hmm. they were just in very few points different. Right. Now had Warren dropped out earlier, Sanders would have definitely picked up five more states. Okay. Okay. Because well, at the end of the day, and Go what ahead. people are going to realize is that this race is no longer about which candidate is better, but more about are we going to have progressive growth in this country or are we going to be stagnant with the status quo? Right. It's going to be a platform contest. And that's where I think Bernie, if he changes his messaging a bit, will do better with Black people because everything that he is trying to put in his platform will benefit black Americans more than any other group in this country. Interesting. Now, Aaron said to get her, I mean, I think everybody on this call, including Jeffrey Keller is going to vote blue no matter who, right? So yeah. what I don't want to see happen, like remember in 2016 when um, it, it was, I don't know, was that considered a contested convention? I mean, Hillary was, was the nominee, but 
Bernie didn't concede until convention, convention. right? It, it, it was, was right? Contested. It was contested because of the delegate situation. And this is where we get into that whole delegate issue and what what are the delegates anyway, and then what's the super delegate. Right. It was a contested convention because the delegate vote was so close that at convention it could have gone either way. Mm -hmm. And that also had to do with contestants that had dropped out and then those delegates from those states needing to be reallocated to whoever was going to get them at the DNC. Right. Now, what happened in 2016, which is going to be different this go-round, is that in 2016, we had superdelegates. And superdelegates are basically people who are appointed to that position and their vote ends up being worth like 10,000 more times than the average delegate. Mm. Because a superdelegate can step in and say, okay, I'm going to cast all of my superdelegate votes for candidate X, even though the people who voted for me in my state cast the majority of the votes for candidate Z. Mm. Now, that's what happened in 2016. On the morning vote at convention, Bernie actually had more delegate votes. By the time the morning ended and we got up to the time when we were on television in the afternoon and the convention was well underway, super delegates turned in their votes and flipped it. Mm -hmm. And that's why you had states, whole states, walking out of the convention center because those, those delegates knew that they had voted for Bernie, but the superdelegates who represented their state took their vote that actually represent the voters in their districts back home and flipped them to the Are, other candidate. Well, now, the difference what's well, going to happen now, the, yeah, the rule has changed. The rule has changed now. Okay. So superdelegates are not allowed to vote on the first vote. What happens is all of the delegates will cast their votes for whichever candidate they want to be the nominee. And if they reach that threshold and win it outright, then that's who the candidate will be. But if it's too close to call and there's no consensus, then it goes into a second vote. And then superdelegates can cast their vote and do the same thing they did in 2016. Hmm. Interesting. Well, Jeffrey Keller and Aaron Sands, based on one, what uh, Dina Becker just said, she just taught us a thing or two or three or four, right? But <laughs> it looks like the delicate issue should be called delicate because it's almost anything <laughs> goes. You know what I'm saying? It's delicate. So uh, this is Dizzy Attic Nation, uh, Psychotic Woman School's <laughs> after school program right here, y'all. Dizzy Attic Nation. My name is DJ Rome, and we're uh, joined by this incredible panel. California delegate Dina Becker, multi-hyphenate and multi-talented Aaron Sands, and the good brother, Mr. Actor, uh, former NFLer, the amazing political commentator, Jeffrey Keller. Uh, Mr. Keller, uh, Dina made some interesting points. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we were kind of, you know, all of us were kind of chatting last night as things were rolling in. Uh, you, we all laid out our votes, who we voted for, and uh, Aaron and I uh, went with Elizabeth. So. Elizabeth hasn't, as far as I know, uh, she hasn't dropped out of the race yet. Uh, in what way, Jeffrey, does that impact uh, who's still in the race? And what would her pulling out mean for the two front runners? 
Well, I think Dina touched on earlier that if she pulls out, that's just votes uh, for Bernie. Her staying in takes away votes for Bernie. That's why earlier when I said Budacek and them dropped out through backdoor deals because they knew their votes would go to Biden. Um, and that's that's why they dropped out before Super Tuesday because most of these people have people donate money to them. You would think just because they're donating money to them, they would wait till after Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there were backdoor deals and people talking and, you know, all the political stuff going on. Right. Um, you know, maybe if Bernie had a better relationship with Elizabeth, maybe she would have dropped out earlier. Um, you know, but we don't we don't know. Yeah. But yeah, she drops out. It definitely will help Bernie. Uh, eventually. Right. Well, don't now, be so sure I, that she's all. Yeah, I, I want to speak to Bernie. that when. <laughs> I want to speak yeah. to that when Go you. Ahead. Um, a couple of things. I don't. I disagree with Dina in terms of the um, the map. I think that uh, uh, Bloomberg being in. Um, actually, because you can never say what somebody's supporters are going to do. I voted for Elizabeth Warren. If she was not there, you couldn't have paid me to vote for Bernie. I just will not do it unless I have to in the general election. And I've seen people on Twitter who say the same. Either they're going to go for Joe or some say, a lot of them say they're going to go for Bernie, but you can't decide. But I would say probably a good deal of Bloomberg supporters would have uh, gone to Joe and would have made his lead even greater. So I don't know that, you know, that Bernie didn't do like how he would have done. Had I, mean, I do think that Pete and Amy affected things, but Bloomberg, you know, kind of, you know, gave Joe a run for his money in a couple of states and it would have been different because I was just looking at the percentages. I thought, wow, if he, if Joe had all of them, knowing that he can't have all of them, everyone's not going to leave Bloomberg and go for Joe, but a lot of people would have. Um, in terms of Elizabeth, I think that, well, like I said, I wouldn't vote for Bernie if she dropped out. And I have another girlfriend who absolutely would have gone, we both would have walked over to Joe. So you can't, you know, who knows who people will vote for. I don't, I don't think we should decide that. Well, yeah. Dean, I want to get your this response is, to is, that. Dean, I want to hear from you on that, what Aaron just said, because Sanders supporters, I think in 2016, when Hillary was clearly going to be the nominee, some of them went over to 45. So what are your thoughts on what Aaron Sands just said? Okay, well, um, that point about Bloomberg, um, he only was close to Biden in Colorado and um, actually in Colorado and Utah. Those were the only states where he was anywhere close to Biden. In fact, his numbers were less than Warren in most states. So by, you know, the same token of, oh, if Bloomberg wasn't running, that would have helped Biden, same thing. If Warren wasn't, that would have helped Sanders, and he still would have had greater numbers. Now, um, what was that that second point? That um, people won't necessarily walk to Bernie if they leave oh, Elizabeth. Okay. And, and this is the part about this entire primary that's been really frustrating for me, because as I've said, what it should be is a debate on the platform. And if you're gonna sit there and say, oh, I would vote Elizabeth, but I definitely would never vote for, for Bernie, you're basically saying that the platform means absolutely nothing to you. And this is all about a personality contest. 
I'm yeah. not saying that. But at the end of the day, they, they, don't, they aren't that similar. To, to me, Bernie does not day, have a plan. And, and so he does not appeal to me. And there are other people who say that it's not just about his personality. At this point, everything's strategic for me. We have to get Trump out of office. I, I'm not inspired by any of these candidates. None of them. I, I have a love affair with none of them. I voted for Elizabeth because she seems stronger than Buttigieg and Klobuchar, who I agree more on policy with. I voted for her because she seems stronger than Biden. But if I had my choice, <laughs> none of these are my choice. None of these people excite me. None of these people make me want to get out and stump for them. Hmm. Well, I remember on this panel, not on Dizzy Attic Nation, but uh, on Psychotic Bump School, we talked about who's done the least harm to our folks. Y'all remember that question posed a few weeks ago? Yeah. Who's done the, the least harm? And the two names that came up immediately were Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So yeah. I, I understand being strategic, Aaron, but you're saying that because of that, because that's something that matters to me, and I kind of want, see, my, <laughs> I'm not as uh, eloquent as to why or, or how I can articulate why I voted for Elizabeth Warren, Aaron, but I know I did because, you know, I'm ready for a woman president and I knew she wasn't going to be there down the stretch. But Dina made an interesting point last night with the fact that if people are kind of banking and holding out that things are going to be so neck and neck between Bernie and Biden that they may compromise with Elizabeth Warren. Um, and in that sense, she would truly <laughs> be, be a surprise. Uh, what are the chances of that? I mean, I, I know people are throwing out a lot of potential theories as to why she's still I think Elizabeth is done. I, I think she's done. You know, she I mean, lost, I think she lost her own state. She lost her own state. Yeah, she came in third. Done. It's time yeah. for her to, you know, throw her hat behind whoever she's going to throw her hat. There is no path for her. I don't Elizabeth see is done. Now, she may be campaigning now for VP or a cabinet position. Uh, or, I, think, I think Elizabeth is a stand-up woman. She's smart. She, you know, I respect her a lot, although I don't agree with her on a lot of policy issues. Like I said, for me, it was strategic. But, um... It's, I think she's done. I think it's a wrap. Okay, if it's a wrap, then it's a two-person race. And uh, yeah. Dina Becker and Jeffrey Keller voted for those two. So um, Jeffrey Keller, Dina Becker, who has mm -hmm. more of the momentum right now? Because we're going to have another uh, primary on the 10th and the 17th. And uh, again, uh, while... Biden won the majority of states last night. It is all about delegates. Uh, we can't write off Bernie Sanders. So Jeffrey Keller, Dina Becker, uh, which campaign has the most momentum right now? Um, I, I look at it like this. I look at each, each, each election is, is like a movie. And, you know, one movie, the first movie you may watch is good, next one may be bad. So, you know, Biden had it coming in, but we don't know if he'll have it going out, you know, because it's a new movie. And so to me, you know, it's a new deal. I don't think, to me, momentum is something that TV creates that says so-and-so has momentum because Joe was dead before this. Well, see, that's what I want to talk to you and Dina about. Because yeah, I don't, Dina, I don't agree with that. Okay, yeah, well, I'm going to get your take because remember Jeffrey Keller, Everything about Bernie was like, he's this turnout machine. Now, people did turn out. His numbers went down from 2016, but people did turn out, but they flipped for Biden. So 
that's one thing to, to be a little excited about, ladies and gentlemen, and people on this panel, because I, I'm going to talk about that before I let y'all go tonight. Uh, we, we did have a good turnout overall. It's just that they didn't turn out for Bernie to the same degree that they have touted for so much time. So Dina Becker, given that, in what way is the momentum going to have to shift once we get to the next primary on uh, March 10th? Uh, what can Biden do, excuse me, what can Bernie do to reassure his uh, campaign that he's still uh, alive and kicking and that he can pivot and uh, restructure his strategy? Okay, um, first, um, I actually don't agree with what you, what you just said. Um, okay. Bernie and Biden were pretty much neck and neck in most of the state on Tuesday night. And the difference in their delegate count is mainly because of the fact that Bloomberg and Warren were still in the races. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought I, I, well, what I was trying to say was that his numbers relative to 2016 had dipped in terms of, in terms of the people that he brought out. Um, are There's you also a that? million people. There's also a million people running in the, in the, in the primaries this time. So the votes got divided up even more. And also in 2016, he was the only progressive candidate. Now we had two. So that also makes a difference. What about Martin O'Malley? Okay. What about? Move on. Yeah, move, 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 move on. Okay. All right. Never mind. Um, so, <laughs> I like Martin. I like Martin O'Malley. But.
pivoting to uh so we're we're going you know what can i i'm sorry can i complete yeah go ahead complete my thought because i wanted to go back to a comment that was made about, about not having a plan because that rhetoric keeps being thrown out there but you know just like you go to elizabeth warren's website and you can see what her plan is you can also do that by going to sanders's website and he even has a separate one bernietax.com that you can go in and punch in the numbers and see how it works for you as an as an individual voter in terms of health care and your income and what you will be paying for tax it's like we, we need to stop that rhetoric especially especially if what we want is a progressive platform hmm. okay well that platform moves next to idaho michigan mississippi missouri north dakota washington of those six states uh the big fish i guess would be michigan given that michigan. it's considered um a, a major swing state uh i think he i can't recall if he won michigan in 2016 or not i have to look that up but uh he's gonna have to fight and given biden's surge last night aaron sands uh, what are your thoughts on the primary uh, going into next week? And we're starting to incorporate now, and the following week after that is Florida among the group that's going to be in, uh, voting along with Ohio. So it's going to get and become very critical uh, to, to win these, um, these voters over. So uh, Aaron Sands, what are your thoughts about uh, Biden and Sanders fighting it out in Michigan as one of the swing states? I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I don't like in terms of who I think will win. I don't know. I think that the Midwest is always um, a good measure for the country. Um, I'm from Ohio. So I think that. Oh, um, I didn't know that. We will find. Yeah, I'm from Cincinnati. Um, but I think we're going to find out really what's up, because I think that, you know, Iowa spoke and New Hampshire spoke and then. Um, then people of color got to speak in Nevada and South Carolina, and then we got a broad swath of the West and sort of the South. But I think the Midwest will really tell us something because these are states that Trump won in, and we need to see what these men can do. You know what I mean? We need to see, can you win the Electoral College? Because that's how we elect the president. So can you do that? And, and this will show. I mean, because I think they, they both have a pill. I know that Joe's a big union man, but Bernie has a message for working class people. So I, yep. I'd be, I'm very interested to see, you know, who, how it shakes out and to see, because we don't know. I mean, you know, the pundits pontificate and we all, you know, but we don't know until the rubber hits know. the road and people get out and are able to cast their vote. I hope, I hope black people can vote. I hope our vote is not oppressed. And I really want, you know, may the best man win, put it that way. Absolutely. Well, I got two more issues to uh, lay on y'all before uh, we close this panel out. Uh, Dina Becker spoke earlier about problems at the, uh, the polling stations, voting centers. Uh, I mentioned before, uh, another, during another conversation with y'all about the efforts of people like Stacey Abrams, uh, the get out the vote movement to make sure that people are re-registering after uh, voting uh, blocks have been purged. And uh, she's been on the ground actively making sure that people are re-registered. And um, it's made a difference. And um, as the campaign continues to shift down south and knowing what uh, happened last night, uh, I have a lot of optimism in terms of that because you know they're going to be coming 
to suppress our votes. For some strange reason, this doesn't happen in Republican districts. Has anyone else noticed that? <laughs> Why is that? So they're coming for our votes. They want to suppress our votes. So Dina, given what you just mentioned earlier, um, and knowing that these efforts are out there on the ground to make sure that uh, every vote or, you know, that we have fair elections, you know, that's essentially what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think right. there's a chance that Bernie Sanders will get a fair shake? Oh, boy. Well, we already, well, we've already seen that, uh, you know, the, the sides are lining up in terms of right now it's basically everyone against Bernie. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much what it looks like. But I think actually the biggest issue is going to be voter suppression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not enough to register people to vote as we saw in California, because mm -hmm. there, there are two types of voter suppression. You know, the first being people showing up to vote and not being able to vote for one reason or another, whether it be long wait times or being thrown off the voter rolls or people refusing to vote themselves, yeah. even though they're registered. And that is actually what lost Hillary the election in 2016 in those, you know, those worker states in the Midwest, in those uh, swing vote states, hmm. because she did not go out and campaign to those workers. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think those states are going to be the states that do it again this time. Oh. And I think it's worth noting that um, Bernie has actually spent a lot of time in those states, and especially in Michigan. He picked mm -hmm. up some, he picked up a huge endorsement today mm -hmm. from the Arab American Political Action Committee in Michigan. And I believe he also picked up a, an endorsement from a nurses union in Michigan. Right. And then and then there's um, Rashida's endorsement as well. Talib. I think, I think yes, Michigan is, I'm, I'm hoping that Michigan is going to do very well for Bernie. Um, I think it's still too early to call anyone a front runner. A black one to move me Get me the hell away from this TV All this news and views are beneath me So all I hear about is shots ringing out About gangs putting each other's head out So I'd rather kick some slang out Alright fellas, let's go hang out Hollywood or would they not Make us all look bad like I know they had But some things I'll never forget Yeah, so step and fetch this For all the years we looked like clowns The joke is over, smell the smoke from all around That exploits the color Rolling through Hollywood late at night Red, blue lights with a common sight Pull to the curb, get played like a sucker Don't fight the power, the motherfucker
As I walked the streets of Hollywood Boulevard Begging how hard it was for those who starred in the movies Portraying the roles of butlers and maids, slaves and hoes Many intelligent black men seem to look uncivilized when on the screen Like I guess I figure you should play some jigaboo on the plantation What else can I do? And black women in this profession As for playing a lawyer, out of the question For what they played, Aunt your mama is the perfect term Even if now she got a perm So let's make our own movies like Spike Lee Cause the roles being offered don't strike me There's nothing that the black man could use to earn Burn Hollywood, burn Nina Turner representing uh, Ohio. So I know she's going to be uh, trying to elevate and increase the burn out there on behalf of Bernie Sanders. Oh, but, yeah. She uh, turns it goes. Uh, she turns it up everywhere she goes. And remember, we got a Sanders on the Biden campaign, too. Her name is Simone Sanders. Uh, she's, right. she's doing quite a job. Yeah. The Party campaign. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Is. is there any result, uh, Jeffrey and Aaron? Is, what, I mean, Here's the thing, Dina, and this is why, I mean, all of you can chime in, but you remember when 45 was running, he was considered the anti-establishment guy and yep. very, very much the outsider. And in some ways on, the, on this side, of course, Bernie is that person. And when you, when you look at the rhetoric between the parties and not the parties, but the campaigns, uh, the, the more, well, uh, I have a Bernie supporter on the line, so I want to be respectful. Um, how fair is it to say that the, the, the vitriol that exists, uh, though it may not be coming from true, you know, Bernie supporters like Dina Becker, but it is out there that they have become um, toxic in some of the things that they're saying and going after other campaigns. I don't know how much y'all have heard about that or want to go into it, but um, is there any outcome that somebody that's considered an outsider, like a democratic socialist like Bernie Sanders, in what universe would he accept an election outcome given his sort of stance of being the disruptor, the outsider? 
I don't know if I phrased that well, I, but uh, who wants to take a bite of it? You've asked like two, <laughs> you've asked two different questions. Uh huh. Are you talking about supporters and antagonism, or what was the other thing about yeah, Bernie that. and? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's, a, there's a lot of rhetoric from his campaign that may not necessarily represent the, the core and nucleus of his supporters, but it's very uh, aggressive, sometimes very racist, and it doesn't exist yeah. to the same extent in other campaigns. Um, can you comment on that a little bit? Me? Whomever. Um, I've, I've seen, I've have, I haven't been attacked by any Bernie supporters, but I've seen them uh comfort folks on twitter which i find disgusting but not not specifically you know to bernie just to the climate that we can't we're all on this you know on the show right now we all have different opinions and, and are supporting different candidates or did and we can still show each other respect and respect each other's humanity so i don't right. like that we're now in a generation or an era that people come for each other hard like that. The other thing is, I don't know how much of it are Russian bots. You know sure. what I mean? Um, although, because I remember seeing Ava DuVernay, you know, she made a comment. It was, it was not, I don't, I don't remember the comment, but it was nothing. And she was attacked and I thought, that's really ridiculous. And, and initially I thought his supporters were just doing that. And I thought, how are you building or how are you drawing people to this campaign if, you know, you're hating on people for, you know, having a, an opinion. And then someone told me it's probably bots. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I don't know how much is real. I don't, and I don't know if it's because a lot of his supporters are younger. And so when you're younger, you're passionate and you're just kind of, you know, <laughs> idealistic and you get really angry when people, because I was, when I was younger, I was very idealistic. And when people didn't agree, I was, I wasn't mean like that because I wasn't raised like that, but you know, I still had little patience and tolerance for views that weren't my own. And so I don't know if a part of that is because he has a younger constituency. Mm, interesting. Jeffrey Keller and then Dino. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bernie's apologized uh, a couple of times for things that, um, you know, campaign surrogates have said about Biden or, you know, somebody else. Um, but I think the big problem, one of the big problems, and I saw this yesterday, when voting, they have these new machines and not enough people manning them. And, you know, uh, a lot of people left. Mm. They didn't get a chance to vote, you know, they vote. So California, wow. you know, needs to really get their stuff together. That happened in East LA. It was all, it was in Santa Monica. It was everywhere. And if you don't want Bernie Sanders supporters to be upset, those are situations that you need to take care of. That's right. Because if you don't take care of those, they're going to point right to those. See, they suppress their vote. Right. And so, you know, these are new machines. And, you know, where I voted, they only had two people working. And you had a two and a half hour wait. That's they only had two people working. Yeah. And you had all these machines that were unmanned. Wow. Yeah. What city you know, were you in? I live in Hollywood. Wow. Um, and it, it, and same thing was happening in Santa Monica. I have friends that some of the wow. city just walked away because of the three-hour vote. He said nice. it was the machines. They had one person working where where, where she was at. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, if you want, you know, you got to make this thing look up and up the best that you can so people don't have complaints. And those are situations that may not have been against Bernie, but they'll point to that just because California was inept. 
with their voting system and not getting it together. We're a little better than yeah. Iowa, though, aren't we? It wasn't just California either. It was all of Right, all that's, of and that's what I mean. It's, yeah, yeah. Mm. But isn't that the responsibility of the DNC to make sure we have fair and easy elections? Exactly. It shouldn't be hard to vote. Right. Where's the I mean, oversight? I don't know what Tom Perez is doing, but this—that's ridiculous. That should be—that should be a given. Should you be. are absolutely <laughs> correct. Absolutely correct. <laughs> that's exactly whose responsibility it should be. Now, the next question you have to ask yourself is: When that doesn't happen and they're not keeping tabs, who is the benefit? So there is no. Uh, That—that's a fair question, Dina. So. Is there any outcome that you'll accept as a fair election? Well, not you personally, but Bernie supporters, well, because it seems like they're out to get you guys, right? Yeah, well, this is the thing. Um, like going back to, you know, the statement about, the, you know, the vitriol that's, you know, supposedly coming from Bernie supporters. You know, I'm, I'm in a lot of uh, social media groups, especially on Facebook. A lot of them are private uh, delegate-only groups. And within those groups, you have people who represent all of the nominees. And there's a lot of debate and discussion. And let me tell you, it comes from every campaign. Every campaign drags each other in a primary. But it's easy to say, oh, it's all Bernie's people, because at the end of the day, those who really know, know this isn't a race about the candidates. It is a race about the platform and which platform we're going to have as Democrats. And a lot of the old guard does not want a progressive platform because a progressive platform leads to more equity, mm-hmm. in particular for black folks. And whether we want to believe it or not, there are racist people in every single political party mm-hmm. that do not want to see us start out on an even footing. That is a given. Now, with, you know, the the things that we were talking about with, like, the things that are posted on social media, yeah, there's, you know, Russian bots, and there's also a huge media influence. If you keep pushing forth a narrative that, oh, the Bernie bro narrative, then people are going to latch onto it and run with it. But then there's also one other component that no one has mentioned yet, and the fact that a lot of this stuff is actually done by people who are not Democrats and who are not actually supporters of Bernie or any other Democratic candidate, but they're actually Republicans mm-hmm. posing right. to create discourse within the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Exactly why they were saying they were sending Republicans out in what was it, South Carolina to, to vote for Bernie. Yep. Yep. I don't put anything past them. They'll do anything they can to win. And to that point, Dina, you make a good point because, <laughs> you know, uh, during these primaries, uh, the president is also on the ballot, too. And he's got like 92 percent support from Republicans. I actually like Bill Weld, who uh, ran on a, a <laughs> green. Was it no libertarian or green? No, he ran libertarian in uh, 2016. He was uh, the other guy's running mate who I thought he should have actually been at the top of that ticket. Uh, he's actually a moderate, reasonable Republican who I, who I don't mind. Uh, Joe Walsh, you know, I got issues with him, but he's come out and has expressed himself with contrition about some of the hot, flashy things he said, but they don't have a shot. 
and that's no surprise. But the fact <laughs> that they're in the they're in the tank for this guy, forty five, and we're we're gonna have to have some some serious serious robust energy. So uh, that takes me to my last point before I let y'all go. Uh, this is Dizzy Attic Nation. Dizzy Attic Nation, I'm DJ Rome. Psychotic Bump School's after school program. We're joined tonight by the incomparable Jeffrey Keller, the amazing California delicate Dina Becker, and the inimitable multi hyphenate Aaron Sands. So, uh, Aaron Wiley Sands, I should say. <laughs> so, I was going to say something, but I said, you know what? I know, but see, I, I just remember from last time you sent me a text and said, hey, can you remember Wiley like next four time? Four times my name. Four times I told you my name. I was like, he, I'm just going to let it go. Right? Let it go. Right? Sorry about Don't that. let it go. Make him put some respect on your name. Put some respect you know? on the name. Aaron Wiley Sands. Back on it. The one and Come on, man. And you voted for Elizabeth Warren, too? Come I on. I did. Man. I did. Look at me, man. I know. I know. But we're, we're going to have to have turnout. We're going to have to have enthusiasm. I posed a question to y'all last night about, okay, so first of all, this, this conversation I'm about to have don't make no sense to have it right now, but I'm going to have it anyway. Because we have oh, it's the kind I want to have. It's about the VP. <laughs> yes, I want to talk about yes. it because what would excite the base? Because the Biden that's been speaking lately, and of course, there's nothing like getting a win, right, Jeffrey Keller? You're gonna be feeling good. You're gonna be feeling yourself, and you're you're excited, right? So he's been looking like a guy who can really go out there and fight, and he looked like a guy who has the capacity to excite voters in a way in which people previously thought it was exclusive mainly to Bernie Sanders. So I asked y'all last night, can a moderate candidate, in what way could a moderate candidate who likely will support a running mate, excuse me, who would select a running mate who's ideologically aligned to him, in what way could they excite the base? And in doing so, who would that pick have to be for VP? Again, full disclosure, full dis haven't settled on a nominee, but I'm going there anyway. Aaron Sands, what do you think about that? Can a moderate excite the base one? And if so, through a running mate, who would be some viable names to meet that task? So for Biden, um, I think he would need a Kamala or uh, I see, and I don't want to sound weird, but I see the way he looks at Buttigieg and I feel like- That's um, what I was thinking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What, what do you thinking? mean? Explain that, please. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Wiley. Booty, booty, booty. Aaron, Aaron Wiley fans, please break that down. What do you mean by that? Um, I noticed like back when they were all still in the race, there was a way that Biden looked at Buttigieg like, I like this kid. Like, I, I'm feeling him. I, I feel like he's. And then when Buttigieg came out and supported him, because you say what you want about Joe, but Joe has heart. And, okay. and I felt like he paid this man the highest compliment. He said, you remind me of my son. And you could see, you know, that that was real. That wasn't, you know, campaign shtick. And so I thought, well, damn, if this man reminds you of your son, your, the son who he lost, Bo, then yeah. why wouldn't, I mean, I, he's, he's definitely in the cabinet if he doesn't tap him for VP. That said, he's still a white, younger white male. So I don't know that that would excite the Democratic base to have but two white men on the ticket. Though. Yeah, you're not wrong, though, because y'all remember Jeffrey and Dina? 
it was Joe mm -hmm. Biden who was a little bit more progressive when it came to LGBT. And right. Equality. He was the one who pushed um, Obama. Precisely. So I, I would not mm -hmm. be surprised if he tapped um, Buttigieg. I think, I don't know, to say if it would hurt the ticket because the South would rear up and it would be all kinds of Christian, all the stuff. And and that, then that's a tough the, one. That's a tough one. Yeah, they, they're gonna go hard on that if he did yeah. that. And yeah. then it it would be you, now you don't have a person of color. Okay, we got the older white guy, but now you're not even gonna give us a person of color. So mm -hmm. he would to me would have to do Kamala. She would be the shoe in, even though a lot of people would kind of feel a certain way about that because she is moderate. But I think that's his best bet. And I absolutely, I don't know, I don't know, I have no idea who Bernie would pick. I'm inter, I'm very, I wish they had to come out with it now. I'd love to hear. Right. Well, but before I, don't, I, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Before I hear from Jeff and Dina, um, you mentioned Kamala, um, and, and I get it because she's a person of color, but even if he just selected a woman, um, how would you feel about that? What if it were like somebody who was in the race, like, Kirsten, Kirsten Gillibrand. No, no, it can't just be a woman. It has to be a woman of color or for me, go with Buttigieg. I don't know. It, a woman won't do it for me. It has to be a woman of color and, uh, or just, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I'm finding this out as I say this to you, I guess I don't care after that. <laughs> right. I would need it to be a woman of color. So it would only be but you know, Kamala hasn't come out and supported him. She, she hasn't, hasn't actually, you know, yeah, put her exactly. at about around anybody. So it'd be right. interesting, you know, interesting times. But I thank you for helping me find out that I need him to pick a woman of color. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Keller and then Dina Becker. Man, I, I, I you know, when I talk about backdoor deals again, I'm talking booty, 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 booty shake. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh, no. I saw it too. Backdoor I saw deals. It. Okay. I, I'll tell you, you know, he's young. Well, right? he's a young guy. You know, he, he's, he's gay. Got a break. I mean, he can show he's being, you know, progressive, you know. Yeah. I'm he's, telling you. He's got a bright it's, future. It's, got a bright yeah, future. Yeah. And it sets up the Democratic Party. Is black Christian base to do that? Do you think that Southern black Christian base would stick with him if he did? I, I mean, I love Buttigieg, but do you think that they would? I, I, I do. I, I think okay, they would because cool. they really? because of the hate because of the hate for uh, forty five is so much. I, I think mm -hmm. they, they 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 need the vice president, even at the president. I, I think right. they they'd be okay with that. Wow, and see mm -hmm. that's that's fascinating, Dina, because Jeffrey makes an interesting <laughs> point because there is a big distinction between white evangelicals and black evangelicals, right? So mm. sounds like yes. Jeff is saying that say they're, that. wait, what, what'd you say? I said, say that. Say that, come on. Yeah, they, they're yes, a little bit that. more uh, tolerant. They, they still have a little bit more, uh, they, they, they run a little closer to the line in terms of being the moral conscience of this, this country and they don't just give away the store like, well, anyway, Dina Becker, what are your thoughts on a uh, potential running mate? <laughs> who would excite the base, no matter if it were Bernie or Biden? Uh, who would get you excited uh, to go against 45? Well, to ask, I want to go back to your actual original question. Yeah, yeah I'll be forgetting my questions. I asked so many of them. What was my original no, question? No, it, it was a good question. Can a moderate stimulate yes. the base? 
if people Thank come you. out. Thank now, you. Now, we already have the answer to that question. We got the answer to that question in 2016. Hmm. If history repeats. If history repeats. Uh, so, so, so you we weren't excited? You weren't excited by we Tim came from Virginia? Say that again. <laughs> you were not excited about Tim Kaine being the running mate to Hillary Clinton? Why would I be? Okay. Yeah. No, why would he I be? Spanish. He was Spanish. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron Wiley Sands. He's bilingual. He he had, uh, the, he I mean, he Spanish. spoke good Spanish, too. He wasn't faking it. He wasn't like Spanish, too, in high school, like me, trying to learn pronunciation. He was fluent. Latinos weren't inspired by him. Okay, so who do you like? <laughs> you know, it's like, let's, let's not forget history. Okay, the bottom line is that we, we had that question about a moderate candidate answered already. Now, I threw something out on my social media today, and, and I'm sticking by it. I said that the first candidate to announce an actual plan for reparations is going to win the black vote by a landslide. Who? By did somebody in landslide. Okay. If somebody did that, and then you know what? This is, I want to actually talk about this issue right now because this is a prime opportunity for black folks to bring this issue up and get serious response, serious answers and action on it. Come on. Not just an inquiry into or a study, but to actually get serious action on it because we know Democrats are not going to win without the black vote. They're True. not. True. Say that. And we need to we need to start thinking collectively and how to best use this position to benefit us. Mm -hmm. Okay. How will we on do one that? hand, on one hand, um, a lot of the progressive platform is gonna act just like reparations for us because it will benefit us the most. On the other hand, if we're gonna if somebody's actually gonna step up and talk about reparations seriously and put forth a plan, that could be a deal changer. That would have to be a Marion Williamson. Other than <laughs> well, Steyer was talking about it. Steyer, like Andrew, was, Andrew Yang, it. Andrew Yang, that he was, he was open to that too, wasn't he? No. Yes, he was. He was, right? Yang, he, he wanted given out. <laughs> but he was okay he with opening version. a study. Yeah, but wasn't he okay with opening a study to look into reparations? I yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and well, and Blutchick was talking about the Douglas plan. At well, one true. Point. Sure was. Sure was. Blutchick was talking about what now? The Doug the Douglas plan. Frederick Douglas. Where they talk? Oh. Yeah, he. That's what he named it. Like, you know, like ten billion dollars funding for black businesses and yeah, okay. you know, a, okay. a study so of money to black colleges. This is the thing, you know, Bloomberg has the Greenwood Initiative, then uh, um, Buttigieg has uh, his Douglas plan. What they're not taking into consideration is that a lot of white folks in this country are not going to get behind any plan that specifically helps black people. You got to call it something different in order for them to get behind it. And that's why I think if we focus more on Bernie's platform, which actually helps black people the most, we can actually get somewhere. Because this platform is not saying specifically that it's for black people, but it will help us the most. His platform has been out there for a while. If, if it's that good, um, 
we talked about it tonight, but he's going to have to start convincing people that he can get support in Congress, right? He's going to have to convince people that he can get these bills through. And without he that, has he has to convince how's he going to do voters. it? He has to convince voters. If you look at the breakup of votes and the percentage uh, during Super Tuesday, it's pretty much split along the lines of progressive votes and, you know, status quo votes. Mm-hmm. Because if you put Sanders and Warren together, it makes it actually almost split 50-50 yeah. between progressives and moderates. Right. That is, what, that is what this race, this next election, is going to come down to. <sighs> well, um, that's a good point. Uh, you all made some good points tonight. Uh, we, we got a lot of work ahead of us. 24 states have now voted. Uh, now that uh, Super Tuesday is in our rearview mirror, California is still counting votes, so we have yet to see how many delegates will be awarded to uh, the front runners. Uh, and we established tonight there is no clear front runner, so I shouldn't even say that. Next coming up, we have March 10th. Uh, the states voting again will be Idaho, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, 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 North Dakota, and Washington. And on March 17th, Arizona, Florida, Illinois, Ohio. And then the last one is Alaska, Hawaii, Louisiana, and Wyoming. That's going to happen on Saturday, April 4th. So we're right in the thick of it. Almost half the country has had their say. Uh, this is the time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're raising our voices, and uh, we're, we're, we're trying to get it done. Um, a second term, uh, you know, more of this in, in another term is something that we – we really need to be mindful of. And uh, we didn't have time to, t- tonight to talk about down-ballot races and the implication of what the top of the ticket could mean for down-ballot races. So there's a lot to be shaken out from this, uh, but I do want to let y'all go. Uh, this is Dizzy Attic Nation, Psychotic Bump School's after-school program. Uh, we have Jeffrey Keller, Aaron Wiley-Sands, and Dina Becker. Dina Becker, before I go, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to tell us what your latest endeavor is in terms of your delicacy. Uh, what can you tell us about your latest activity? Oh, yes. I have just submitted my paperwork to run to be a delegate to the DNC again. Um, back oh. in 2016, I was a delegate to the DNC for Bernie Sanders. Right on. And make the distinction for us. Uh, in what way is that different from the delegacy that you already have? Uh, can you explain that for us? The delegate seat that I have now is an assembly district delegate. And those are the seats that basically mainly deal with local politics within your state and within your community. When you get to be a DNC delegate, that's when you're specifically going to the Democratic National Convention. Okay. Beautiful. And you're, you're pledging your vote to one particular candidate. And there's a process mm-hmm. um, to go through that. Um, you actually have to submit paperwork to your state's um, Democratic Party, and you make a pledge as to which candidate you intend to support. And the first step is usually um, all of the states have like a caucus where all of the people who are running to be a delegate show up and people in the community vote on them to represent their community. Okay. And what I was talking about in terms of the delegates that did the first round of voting in 2016. Those delegates that do the first round are usually the delegates that are representing the voters in their district where they live. Now, there's another way 
to become a delegate to the DNC, and that's to be appointed by um, DNC members. And that's actually how I was able to go to the DNC in 2016, because even though I ran in my district, I came in second for the women because mm-hmm. they choose seven in uh, California in each district. And I came in second, but because Bernie didn't get a high concentration of votes within my district, then there was only a certain, a smaller percentage of delegates given to him. So the two top male voters and the two, I'm sorry, the two top male vote getters and the top female vote getter were able to go to the DNC. But because I also applied to go um, to the DNC on the second round when the actual DNC members select people, that's how I was able to go. Hmm. Well, it's not how you get in, it's what you do once you get there. And uh, you've been representing for a little while and uh, congratulations. Uh, Real quick, uh, what can you tell us about how soon that process will be determined? Will they let you know in a number of weeks if you've uh, been accepted? Um, Is it a done deal, foregone conclusion? What's the wait time? Well, right now they're in the process of taking applications still for the uh, district level delegate. And that election is, I believe, in April. Okay. I believe that's in April. And actually, I can tell you right now. Um, so All the right. district level delegates, they're taking applications in California until actually that ended yesterday, March 3rd. Okay. So you can't go anymore you can't apply anymore to be a district level delegate but that application process is closed but like i said i got to go because i was appointed appointed. those are at large large delegates and those applications are being taken until april 22nd okay and that yeah those delegates will be determined at the next state meeting Well, they say in uh, the the music and entertainment world, Jeffrey Keller, that it's a, it's an honor to be nominated, even if you don't win. It's an honor to be nominated. You can't get yourself onto that ballot if you're running or <laughs> contesting for a Grammy or an American Music Award. So it must be an honor to be appointed, as opposed to just putting yourself into uh, throwing your own name into that uh, hat. But uh, congratulations, oh, Dina because Becker. when you're appointed, when yeah. you're appointed at at large delegate, those are party movers and shakers who are yeah, in that exactly. position. Sounds like, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it carries way more weight. So real quick, I'm gonna go around to all three of you. We're just about out of time. Uh, what's the best way for people to follow you, Dina Becker? And then I'm gonna swing to Aaron Wiley Sands and then land the plane with my good brother, Jeffrey Keller. Uh, everyone can follow me at dinajbecker.com. That's where I have all of my social media links listed. Um, same name on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Outstanding. Thank you, Dina Becker. Aaron Wiley Sands. Uh, you can find me at AaronWileySands.com or at Aaron Wiley Sands on social media. Don't we have Aaron TV happening right now as well? Aaron Wiley Sands? Uh, no. Aaron okay. TV. <laughs> Okay. I can't wait to see it though, because you're amazing. Thank you. Okay. Me thank too. you. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron Wiley Sands. And the good brother, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. As always, you can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. My mom's white. 
It's very easy. My mom's white, and you mom's see where I'm doing stand-up or for whatever activities I got on. And, of course, 90.7 FM, KPFK, the Postal oh. Hour of Power. Every Friday afternoon, drive time, one of the top rated afternoon programs in Southern California. Well, uh, I thank all of y'all. Uh, y'all are certainly smarter than me with this stuff, so y'all make me better. Thank you for being here and educating our audience. Uh, let's do it again. Uh, come uh, August, uh, we should know a lot by summer convention, but uh, let's follow these races and uh, see what happens with this neck and neck contest that is narrowed down to two major contenders, Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden. Well, that's our show, Dizzy Attic Nation, is Psychotic Bump School's after-school program. My name is DJ Brome. We'll be back to our regular scheduled program, Psychotic Bump School, on Monday evenings from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us and stay in touch. We out of here, y'all. Take care.